What, are you going to smoke that? Nope, you are. <laughs> Hell if I am. Yeah. Yeah. You not? No. Why, you're Mormon or something? You're Jesus freak? No, nah, man, I'm not losing my job. This is your job. I can't do that. Smoke it. Huh. This ain't a test. Just take a hit. Where the f*** is my stogie, guys? Flying in. Not even flying in. Kiss my ash radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Broadcasting live with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Good morning, ladies, germs, and all of you out there in the wonderful world of radio and the internet worldwide. This is Kiss My Ash Radio. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. Welcome! We are so happy to have you here with us on this wonderful, bright, slightly cloudy Saturday morning. Windy morning. Yes, it is a little blustery. A little with blustery. me, of course, as always, the every lovely Lady M. Good morning, good morning. And the incomparable Honest Abe. Good morning. There you go. Fantastic. We're very happy to have you all with us on this 19th of December. Last show before the end of the year. Last show of the year, yeah. That's kind of crazy. I know. Can you believe it? What happened to 2015? I've been asking myself that question for months. You know what's funny is on my way here, Mm -hmm. I was actually saying to myself, I remember making fun of Matt Briggs, one of our associates, Mm -hmm. for having Christmas lights on his car. Yeah, that was last year. I know. I feel like it was like... A couple like months ago. Months, yeah. yeah. I don't feel like that was a year ago. And did you realize, notice that he didn't put Christmas lights on his car this year? I did notice. <laughs> he said he was going, he threatened to do it at me, but he didn't end up having yeah. to do it because he had to give his car to his daughter who turned 16 and She's wanted like, to drive. Yes. Didn't want to Absolutely abuse, didn't want to abuse her. Yeah. <laughs> didn't want the poor child to get abused Absolutely not. It would have been bad. That's awesome. Uh, we've got a very exciting show for you today. Sockalicious Steve Sokka himself will be our meet your maker. We're going to have our... Depends which Steve Sokka we get today. Hopefully not the one the, that needs a dump button. Is it going to be the kindler, gentler Sokka that we're seeing nowadays? It's the holidays. Is it going to be the real Steve Sokka? Bah humbug. I don't know. We'll see if he's that I've Sokka. been abusing him lately on social media. Well, you do like to do Who that Who haven't you been abusing on social media? <laughs> I like unfollow. Like I made sure Abe can't comment on any of my things. You love it. I actually stopped posting because I'm like, God, what's Abe going to say? <laughs> Have you noticed I haven't posted anything? Oh, he, he's, he's all this softy, big jello. Oh, I hope everybody loves me. And, uh, it's a, oh, man, that's just not the Steve I know. That's not the Steve we know no. and love. That's unfortunate. Uh, Dave Pounder, author of the award-winning book Obscene Thoughts, an executive producer. Oh God, can I use some Dave Pounder today? Yeah, I've had a rough home home few days. Well, you know, he's got he's got advice <laughs> on sex. Let's talk day. about it. Oh yeah, let's talk <laughs> about it. My wife doesn't listen to this show. Amazing. Today she is. No, she's not. <laughs> we got like Hotel Rwanda going over at my house. Everybody's there. I didn't know what that meant. It's a, is it a movie reference? Well, it's a movie, and it's a famous hotel yeah. in Africa where everybody got slain. But you okay. know. Well, they also were protecting all of the villagers and let everyone in. Yes. It was a very famous hotel that was well-documented for... Yeah. It's actually a good movie. I saw Don Cheadle, yeah. Don, yeah. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. I think yeah. he was up for an Oscar for that, but I don't think he won. But uh, still, great because, film. Because you know, it's predominantly a black hotel, got and it. my family in-laws are yes. pretty much black, so got it. I, I dubbed my house the Hotel Rwanda. Uh-huh. Yes, also, William Cooper, our old friend Cigar Coop, will be here to join us as well, talk about some exciting things that's happening on Cigar-Coop, and of course, the Cigar Media Association. It's a fantastic show, and as you know, we here at Kiss My Ash Radio love to give stuff away every, Always. every single week, because it's the holidays, we're going to keep giving no matter what. It's what we do. And, Lady, and what are our good friends at Zycar giving away this week? This week, uh, from Zycar, if you're the 10th caller after hearing this sound, 
You are going to get a beautiful pearl executive lighter. This is a very flashy, wonderful holiday. Pearl. I love pearl. the pearl. No, it's pearl. gorgeous, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it suits the holidays. Uh, this is a $40 value guaranteed from life from our good friends at Sidecar. They do some wonderful things. Also, every week we post a word. It is our social media word on our Facebook and on Twitter. And if you follow us on those things, you can find out what this word is. And when we say that word, you will take home a five-pack of recluse cigars from our good friend Scott Weeks over at Iconic Leaf. And our clue cigars. I'm real happy with the Periscope this week. We finally got it up and going. Yeah. We are all over the media. Send me hearts if you like it. I'm oh, yeah. There hearts. it comes. I'm telling you, it took us a while to get it all worked out. We got the wide angle camera. We finally got a right mount to get the right angle. and uh, Got it in there on the window. Everybody's sitting there watching it. And I can finally see myself on it's Periscope, cool. which is always what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. The hearts, the hearts just stopped. <laughs> exactly. Nope, there they keep going once again. Flash, no, I can't. <laughs> Flash. <laughs> also, also on Facebook, we like to put up a poll every week. And last year, our last week, our poll was... I was say, it was a last long poll. Year on, that was a yeah. long The next poll. show you can say last year. Yeah, yeah, yes, I can. What is your ideal Christmas gift this year? The choices were cigars, a vacation, a new gun, a kid... Or a divorce. Ah. And so what was you're going to be? Well, I actually got Duncan a gun for Christmas, so I... Really? Yes. Wow. I actually got Duncan a gun. So, yeah. That's what I picked. That's what he wanted? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I have a rule in life. Never buy anybody a gun who may one day end up possibly using it against you. Uh, It's a pretty good rule I live by. That's a fantastic rule. It's a pretty good rule I live by. Everyone should definitely listen to that rule. You never know, but I'm not going to give anybody the extra help just in case things go south. Let's just not be hasty there. Are you saying that I shouldn't have bought my fiance? I would never buy my spouse. He wanted, if I I didn't buy it, he was going to buy it. Well, I mean, it might have been better that way. Oh, you guys are ridiculous. It was, he either wanted that or a fillet knife. Do we not? Wow, both <laughs> both don't sound good. I mean, do not we do Insane Asylum Weekly? Do you not hear these stories? Aren't they always in Florida? Yeah. Wasn't last week oh, just, yeah. Last week was in Royal Palm Beach. It's yes. getting closer. This is great. All right, so tell us what's uh, the results for the poll. It might just be because of this is a cigar-dominated show, but cigars no. came in 38%, also, but tied with vacation at 38%. A new gun was actually 17%, and amazingly enough, a kid and a divorce was only 3% each. Wow. That's funny. So, I... Yeah, a vacation wouldn't be on my top five gift list, but if that's an option, then I guess... I, I How just... did we not put booze on here? Seriously. I mean... Or lingerie. Well, well, I really don't want yeah. lingerie. <laughs> I don't think most of our male listeners want lingerie. No, but they might like to buy it for it. someone. Are you a lingerie wearer? No. I didn't think so. No, You're not. just a nudie. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just run around the house nude. I do. Yeah, I could tell. Well, I I have I can't anymore though. I have like one nice set of lingerie and I haven't seen it in like <laughs> two years. Neither is Duncan. <laughs> I have to dig it out. Definitely not. Uh, and of course, if you check out the Facebook page now here at Kiss My Ash Radio, you can check out the new poll. Each year, Cigar Aficionado rakes the top cigars for the year, with many agreeing with those ratings and others who don't. Big congratulations to My Father Cigars. Huge. Number one cigar of the year with the fi- My Father Le Beijou Box Press Torpedo. A three-year, four-year-old cigar now. Yeah, I mean, that's two, two number ones in a four-year span, right? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Monstrous. FDLA 2012. they got <clears> to <throat> be doing cartwheels over there. Uh, they're probably all enjoying their vacations. Because they are now shut down for two weeks. Are they? Wow. Mm-hmm. What timing. 
I know. Isn't it great? What timing. It works out very the well. The phone's going to be ringing off the hook Friday. Oh, I talked to the uh, rep. He was like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, man, I'm great. It's it's great. It's yeah, because he made his numbers now for the month. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah, was right. all worried about making his numbers for the year. He and is ecstatic. Yes. Uh, we listed cigars one through six, leaving out number two since the Cuban cigar. There were two Cubans in the top ten this year. How about CAO Flathead? Yeah. I want to know which Flathead voted for that one. Which would be your number one pick for the cigars really? from the top oh, five? CAO oh. Flathead? Seriously? Yeah. No, I'm agreeing with you. Who's in the top five? Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the Savage so, Reindeer. <laughs> so our question for this week, what would be your number one cigar of the year out of these from the Ooh, top five? I like that. The My Father Labies You Box Press. Wait, Tokido. they're just doing it out of the top five? Well, out of the ones that you can get. Out of the top section. Minus uh, the Taking Cuban. out the Cuban. <sighs> so it's the six that were there. So, you, of course, you have the Illusion Ultra number t- nine. The CAO Flathead 660. Yeah, I mean, if that doesn't come up blast, I'm going to vomit. The Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Bellicoso. And the Padron Family Reserve number 50, Natural. I have a feeling that one's going to win. Yeah, that's kind of a weak poll. I didn't write it. <laughs> I just read it. That's all I do. <sighs> so, everybody else good? Great. Good, man. And New Year's is coming up. Mm-hmm. You, do you have plans? I do. You do have plans. I, I knew you would. Okay. I do. What are you doing? I'll tell you after the show. Oh. Yeah. Was it that private? Yeah. It's, it's private plans? Yeah, it's a really? secret plan. That lingerie is coming out. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> My about New Year's resolution, but we're going to talk about those later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later on the I show. I know you might have plans, but does any of it go past 9 p.m.? Um, Actually, probably at least 11. 11. Yeah, I'm usually... Yeah, just go to bed right an hour before New Year. Why not? Yeah, New Year's is overrated. <laughs> it's the most overrated holidays. Three of the most overrated things in the entire world are New Year's Eve, picnics, and champagne. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you really feel. I'm just throwing it out there, letting everybody know. All right, we're going to come back with cigar news. Steve Sock will be here. Dave Pounder is coming up. And all kinds of more great stuff. In fact, later on in the show, we're going to punish the producer. Oh, oh yeah. We're charging the job. It hasn't been. A, it's been a while. <laughs> Shock collar to And, and John's way, been bad. I didn't forget about the haircut thing. We're still doing that. Oh, oh yeah. You thought I forgot. Oh, no. Oh, I reminded oh, him the yeah. other day. Because I was like, oh, oh yeah. forget about we're this. We're going to shave that head John, one way or the other. I threw away the post-it like three months ago. And then Adam <laughs> had to bring it back up. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. Don't worry. It'll come back. But we're going to punish the producer because it's been far too long. And he's definitely on Santa's naughty list yes, this year. Yes, time to go out with a bang. Uh-huh. So we're going to come back with cigar news and more great stuff. Make sure you're keeping it lit. Follow us on Twitter at KissMyAssRadio. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back, ladies and gents. This is Kiss My Ash Radio. You're listening live worldwide as we are here in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, and all across the world on the World Wide Web. Make sure you're checking us out on Periscope with the brand new wide-angled lens, getting us all in the shot, keeping everything very well. Coming to Atlanta in in 2016. 2016, coming to you all the way in Atlanta. To all our Atlanteans. Let's do this. 9.20 a.m. starting uh, Saturdays. Ooh. Hey, John, do you know what time we're airing on Saturdays? 2 p.m.? 2 p.m.? Somebody said 2? 
Two or three? Four. Four? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll get the right time eventually. But eventually, we'll give you a Saturday afternoons here. at 9.20 a.m. in Atlanta. Yes. yes. It'll be a great way to spend your January, February, and March. KMA Radio coming to another city near you. Yes. yes. Every week, we have to take a look at what's going on in the world of the cigars, and that's why it's time to take a look. What's in a box? We got a box. We got a box. What? We got a box. I'm going to open it. Don't look at it. Oh, what's in the box? Let's ask Honest Abe. Cigar News. Cigar News for December 19th, 2015. We're going to start off with Crown Heads. Early next year, Crown Heads will release La Imperiosa Minutos. Yes, a 4 and 3 eighths by 42 version of the company's popular blend. It will be limited to only 500 cabinets of 50 with a suggested retail price of $6.30 per cigar. The La Imperiosa Minutos will be their 2016 winter release, a la the 2015 Jericho Hill Shots project that was released early this year. The La Imperiosa is based off of the Las Calaveras Edition Limitada 2014. It uses an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and fillers. Crown heads say that the La Imperiosa Minutos will begin shipping in late January or early February. Great for all of those winter smokers needing a short, quick smoke. Pete Johnson, Tatuaje's tattoo himself, has announced that his company will no longer be producing single-store exclusive Boo. releases. That's a pretty... Uh, Boo! Pretty... Yes, due to factory constraints and production limits, they are no longer able to produce smaller projects. While releases like the Federal 109 and Port Tenderloin are among the highest regarded cigars... And Anarchy... And Anarchy and Apocalypse. Pete Johnson has put the 13-year history, the challenges of making unique cigars in small runs for specific stores, has had its problems at various times. Now it seems that Pete will no longer have to worry about that, as Tatuaje will cease production of limited edition cigars, even those that might only be offered at certain retailers. However, the Tatuaje exclusive Monster Series and TAA Series will still be included as regular production for Detroit cigars. Well, I believe his biggest problem is the fact that he's such a nice guy. It's very hard for him to say no. I so every agree. brother and their sister is approaching him saying, hey, let me make my own cigar. And every time it works out, it's a big success. And that's... Oh, that's... There you go. Hey, yeah. Explain this. Um, my father... For the last few months, my father has hinted about a new release for the company's portfolio. Garcia e. Garcia is named after the duo behind the cigars blendings, Jose Pepin Garcia and his son, Jaime Garcia. For the As for the cigars, it will be offered in as six and three-fourths by 54 size using Ecuadorian Habano, Rosado, wrapper, Nicaraguan Carrillo, 98, and Nicaraguan fillers, including a Peo de Oro associated. A what de Oro? Peo. Peo de, oro, Peo de Oro, which translates into what? What, gold? Golden hair. Ooh, you were close. I know, but it's Pelo. 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 Okay. Um, it's known for its unique uh, golden color. And so, yes, this tobacco has been banned in Cuba due to its propensity of attracted mold, but it's grown in a few places outside the island, including the Garcia's Farms in Nicaragua. The cigar will cost at least 23 bucks. Um, while this is a limited production, it's not a limited edition. Fascinating thing. Yes, golden hair. Quesada cigars, our good friend Terrence Riley and Manola Quesada, and the Placencia families are once again collaborating on the Quesada Keg, a cigar blended to be paired with an Irish stout 
and enjoy it in celebration of St. Patty's Day. The blend remains the same as the inaugural 2015 edition with a dark Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper over Nicaraguan binders and fillers. The distinctive keg packaging returns as well with each keg holding three different sizes and variations of cigars. There will be a Lonsdale, a Toro, and a Toro Gordo. You'll be able to get them in three different sizes and three unique packaging choices. The cigars will range in price from $6 to $9, and a 1,000 kegs are being produced. The cigars will be here mid to late January 2016, so make sure you check that out this week or in the coming year. And that is all for In the News. In the News. Adam, don't look at that sheet. Don't look at this sheet? No. No, I'm not doing that? Nope. Okay, so I'm not John's looking at that sheet. It. John's going to do it. All We're right. going to guess. So... As you know, I'm a big college bowl fan, and every year there's even crazier college bowls out there in the realm. It's from everything from the Doritos Bowl to the Meineke Car Care Bowl. Is it really a Meineke Car Care there, Bowl? There yep. was previously, and there That's has right. been. There's a lot of crazy bowls out there. Uh, so wow. we decided we would play a little game called Bowl or Bust. Bowl. Bowl or Bust. Bowl or Bowl. All right, so the first bowl, quote-unquote, is the Tax Slayer Bowl. Bowl or no bowl? Bowl. Bowl. Bowl at BS. It is actually a bowl. That is a real bowl game. Really? Where? Ta- I think it's the TaxSlayer.com bowl. TaxSlayer.com bowl. So sad. Where Next. is it? That's in the Midwest. Don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, there are over 30 different bowls, and they actually were worried they wouldn't have enough teams this year for a while. <laughs> because you have to yeah. win at least seven games. Right. Next one, Pep Boys Bowl. Bowl? Bowl. Bowl. It's a it's a real bowl. It's not a real bowl. <laughs> I can't tell it's if you guys are saying one. bowl or bull. Bowl. I said bowl. Bowl? I said bowl. <laughs> so I've got a one, two, two, one lead? No, two one. Let's, no, let's keep a score. Go ahead. Next one, the National Funding Holiday Bowl. 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 It is. It's a correct. It's a real bowl. Yes. You said bowl. No, I said bowl. The Hershey's. He said, he said bowl. The Hershey's Road to Chocolate Bowl. Bowl. That, that's got to be one that up is in Hershey's. Not. Up in Hershey's. That is not a bowl. <sighs> it should be. And the Potomac Bowl. Bowl or bowl? Bowl. I'm gonna go bowl game. Yes. Not a bowl. <laughs> not a bowl. The, you know, there's Some one. It's called here. the Cigar Bowl, and then they actually had to change the name of it because of the the use of tobacco was like increased Seriously? so much. Yeah, yeah. It's called the Cigar Bowl. I forget where it was, but I looked it up. Really? Yeah. The Franklin America Music Bowl. Bowl or no bowl? Bowl. Uh, unless you're calling it the Music City Bowl, then that would be correct. Yes, bowl. Yes, bowl. It's bowl. It's a bowl. It's a bowl. It's a bowl. All right. That's all we got time for for bowl or bowl. That is bowl or bowl. There's a lot of great bowl games. They're starting this weekend, so make sure you check them out. It's going to be fantastic. When we come back, we're going to talk to Steve Saka, Sakalicious himself, about his new project with Dunbarton Tobacco and the Sobre Mesa. Saka! Saka will be here on the line. We can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be fantastic. Also, Dave Pounder, more great stuff. Saka! And don't forget, we're going to punish the producer in the oncoming segments. Keep it lit. Saka! Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M.
the moped store. Except salesman's like, what up? What's your budget? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know nothing about mopeds. He said, I got the one for you. Follow me. Ooh, it's too real. Calm down, me. I don't need a windshield. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, listening worldwide, right here on Kiss My Ash Radio. I am Adam K, the Brewmeister. With me, of course, the ever ready and impervious Honest Abe. Yo. And the lovely Lady M. Good morning. Big uh, hello to our Periscope fans out there, Phil. And uh, we got Phil, we got Buzz, Bill, Michael, Bob. Thanks for watching, boys. Thank you for being a part of the Kiss My Ash Radio Network and listening in on Periscope and checking out The View. Phil Forte watches on Periscope. I didn't even know he knew we had a show. Wow. Good to know. Excellent. Not to mention, there's all kinds of other great social media. You can find the links on our Twitter page, at Kiss My Ash Radio, or also check out the Facebook page, at Kiss My Ash Radio, as well. Boom! Every week, we like to invite a special guest to be what is considered one of our absolute favorite parts of the show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it. And stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. This week, the Kiss My Ash Radio crew is pleased to welcome back once again one of our favorite guests, El Jefe himself, Saka. Steve Sakalicious of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Steve, welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio. Hey, man, how you guys doing? Can't complain, Steve. How are things in New Hampshire? Unbelievably warm. I don't know what's going on, but uh, obviously I did a lot of good deeds this year because we have not had a single flake of snow. I believe they're predicting 60-degree Christmas Eve. It's coming, man. It's coming. Yeah, Yeah. now that you just said that. No, it's shifted. I was just talking about this because we were up in Baltimore last weekend, and I I bought a jacket, you know, figured December in Maryland, you know, and I was walking around in this shirt right here, a short sleeve shirt. But... I remember growing up playing football on Thanksgiving, Turkey Bowl, everybody know Turkey Bowl. Oh, yeah. And there being snow. Right. I remember snow Halloween sometimes, walking around in costumes. Yeah. And oh, that ruined it. it. But it's just getting later and later. The harshness of winters now is not coming November and December. Right. You know, we say that, but, you know, two years ago we had two foot of snow on Halloween because it was, like, negative <laughs> and the entire time from, like, December 1 until, like, June 1st, so... It's just, it's it's weather, it's seasonal. Who the hell knows what we're going to get? Right now, we got good, I'm enjoying it, so I'm not going to bitch about it. Absolutely, completely understandable. So, Steve, you've now released the Sobremesa into the market. Has it been? Yeah, I did. And, you know, I know you've had a lot of struggles. I know you've been, you had to push things back a lot. Knowing everything you do know now, would you still have done it? Um, well, first off, I, I didn't have any struggles at all, and I, I didn't push anything back. It was uh, right on schedule. For didn't me, have so. box problems. So what are we talking have... about? <laughs> <laughs> was it everything you dreamed it to be? No. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's, uh, look, I, I knew coming out of the gate it was something entirely different. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to do something that was the uh, polar opposite of myself. I wanted to do something really elegant and something really sophisticated and something really balanced and nuanced and all these wonderful words that, you know, people typically associate with, you know, the Davidoffs and the Padrones of the world. And uh, so I wanted to do something that was 180 out from, A, what I normally do, and B, what I personally am like. So uh, I think I did a good job, but that's kind of like asking 
the monkey what he thinks of the cordon bleu. I mean, you guys know better than me. You like it, you don't like it. Well, having smoked at least a good handful whenever I can get my hands on them, they are quite enjoyable. That's good news. Absolutely. I know it's been a it's also been well received across a lot of it. I've seen a lot of great ratings come out. How do you feel it's been received by the media and the rest of the public? What what have you heard about it? It's received really well. I mean, look, it's uh it was a very high hurdle to clear. I mean, everybody was expecting, you know, the next league of Pravada and I basically said, "Here, you know, let me give you something entirely different." So, I actually thought uh I'm actually really happy with how it's, it's been received. I thought it was going to be much. I thought it was going to be brutal, to be sincere with you, and it's been just the opposite. It's seriously, actually been like, seriously, wow, why would maybe you think, someone does actually smoke this crap before they write something? Why do you? Why did you? Seriously, why did you think it would be brutal? Because I think that, uh, like I said, I think there was an expectation. I think a lot of guys that uh, a lot I shouldn't say guys, but a lot of people that follow me, they know the type of cigars I like to smoke. And this just seems so out of the box compared to that that uh, I just thought that they would be ultimately disappointed. Not that the cigar would be bad, but it just wouldn't be what they were expecting. You know, you've put a lot into making this new package and putting out the product. I mean, you have some extremely elegant art on the box. You went a step above. I mean, what brought you to you know go that extra mile even on just the box alone? Well, first off, you know, the packaging on the box, I, I can't take 100% credit for that. That was a design that was done in the late, uh, early 1900s on a package called La Lunda. And it was just, it was just, I thought it was one of the most beautiful vistas I'd ever seen. And it wasn't because of the artwork. It was because of the embossing. The embossing was just sick on it. And I had pretty much bought every old one I could. And I always wanted to try to redo it because nobody makes art like that anymore. You know, everything is so slapped together. You know, I shouldn't say it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's become so graphic, simplistic. You know what I mean? Everything's kind of gone tribal or urban or really just, you know, it's just very simple. And for me, part of what I fell in love with when I got into cigars was the art part of it. And the art part of it is so difficult today. I mean, to get someone to make something like that is just over-the-top crazy expensive. In fact, I had to hire a near-dead dude in Germany that engraves shotguns for a living to do the embossing plate for that because they couldn't even digitally recreate that embossing plate. So I had to pay some some guy to hand engrave it. it took him nearly two months in order to create that embossing plate. Um, you know, it's just uh, I wanted to create something that would be a contribution back to the art of cigars and not just okay, here's the box to sell it in. And the truth is, it costs just as much to do bad packaging as it costs to do good packaging. Excellent so, point. This is, you are listening I mean, it doesn't to cost less radio. to print something ugly or cost more to print something beautiful. It's just the time and effort you put into the design part of it. So it is, to me, I, I don't understand the concept of why am I going to make something that you know looks like some ugly Polish girl that's been through the grinder. You know, It doesn't make any sense to me. Absolutely. Thank. That is Steve Saka. You are listening to Kiss My Ash Radio here with Adam K. The Brewmeister, Honest Abe, and the lovely Lady M. Wow. So you went for a second attempt at it after the first field one. You got to hit the. Mid- you got to hit okay. the. Re- rejo- I thought it. I just let it go it. after you slid that one. Anyways, nope. <laughs> but you know that costed you tons of dough because I heard you were flying back and forth to Europe to get all the packaging and all the stuff that are. You kind of went really above and beyond. 
you know, I tried to, look, it's my first project out of the gate. I mean, not only is everybody else's expectations high, but, look, nobody's a bigger critic of me than me. That's just a fact. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm really super uber, uber critical. Aren't you just kind of I'm critical really, of everybody? Yeah. Okay. I typically just want to clarify I'm that. Really critical, you know? Like I heard Abe <laughs> in the beginning whining that I've become really super soft. You are. You're this the jelly-filled guy. You, you're this the jelly-filled guy. You're the jelly-filled guy. Every freaking picture I see of him is him holding some cute, adorable little kid. Okay. Hey, so I, I that's my personal Facebook page. <laughs> you are the new jelly-filled Steve Saka. <laughs> no, I mean, look. I mean, listen. I, I, we're actually very close. No, Steve, Steve and Cindy for years. Good, good friends. And Steve's like an always, angel of a woman. I mean, no, Steve. Yeah, so Cindy's <laughs> got a place stored in heaven. Yes, but um, Steve's always been the guy just to tell it to me the way it is, which I like because that's what I. Because you're kind of that guy. I'm too. that type of guy. That's why I never had a problem with it. And then you know. He's treading these new waters, coming out with a cigar line. It's a little bit probably tense and whatnot. And I see all this very soft and gentle posts on Facebook. <laughs> I just got to go on there and say, who is this guy? Where's Steve Saka? Anyways, Speaking it's... Speaking of being saying what I want to say, I'm really stunned that you guys did the in the news section, but you didn't mention the most important cigar news of the week. Which is... The defeat of the omnibus rider. How could you guys blow over that? Well, no, actually, I was going to bring. I was going to bring the FDA legislation because uh, I was one of the points we were going to talk to you about because because yeah, you were just in Washington yeah, two weeks ago. You just didn't let us get that far. Yeah, into I was, it. yeah, I was just up on the hill, uh, literally, yeah, two weeks ago, making the rounds. Uh, obviously, uh, not enough impact. I mean, I mean, mind, I know a lot of guys mind blowing. You know, yeah, drone and Rocky Patel and the Newmans. I mean, we've all been up there multiple times and. Man, it's hard getting through to these guys. They're, the truth is, I just put it bluntly, they're, they're idiots. That's all there is to no, it. We we're, doubt. A, we're a nation run by morons, and I don't know if there's any hope whatsoever. Uh, but at the same time, we just got to keep fighting because well, we don't have a choice. I was actually sitting with the Padrones in their office when the news was released and, and brought out, and we were talking about it. You know, George was up there with you and whatnot, but, you know, he's still not sure how this thing's going to pan out. He thinks there's a possibility that some of the comments from, you know, the OMB might come back changing it. He, you know, I, I can't even fathom how they're keeping track of it. I was even talking with one of your old friends, Lou Rothman, was um, around this week. Uh, we had lunch on Tuesday, and Lou was telling me he has no idea how they're even going to enforce this. What are they testing? What are they going to say? We yeah. have to test the cigars and say, it's "Oh yeah, very, there's tobacco." It's a very complex yeah. issue. There's tobacco in there. Right. I mean, what are they? What, what is the omnibus? Was you know just one small little kink? I mean, right now the FDA rules are sitting over at OMB. It does appear that they kicked over option one, which is the worst, which is basically the pretty much the all-out ban of everything that, unless it's pre-February 2007, without pre-approval. The pre-approval process is so intricately complex and so expensive that essentially it will be effectively a ban of all post-2007 products, February 2007 products. Uh, How they would ever enforce it, I don't know. Um, And what do they do with all these guys who have all this prompt on hand already? There's going to be tons of, even if it goes completely against us, there's going to be tons of lawsuits that are going to trickle into years and years. Uh, The thing about it that's the most irritating is it's just so nonsensical. There's no reason for it. There's no benefit to public health. There's no protection for use. It's all about one thing and one thing only, and it's big tobacco, 
basically consolidating its position and wanting to control the market. And our federal government is just going right along with it. And it just it blows me away. I mean, one of the things I don't think most people realize in the Tobacco Control Act, and this shows you the genius of these guys, part of the Tobacco Control Act that gives the FDA the right to regulate does not give the right to the FDA to ban. So they can never actually make cigarettes illegal. That's part of the act. It's actually a Tobacco Protection Act. Wow. So it's only a Tobacco Protection Act for the big guys that can afford to do the compliance and the regulatory requirements of the bill. It's a total monopoly monopoly setting. It just establishes a, a giant monopoly for tobacco control. And the fact that our representatives go along with this nonsense, it's just it's, it's egregious, and it's an injustice to every single American. And it's not just, it's, it's on this issue for us personally, but this is across the entire spectrum of everything political. I mean, people talk about the impact of lobbyists and big money and corporations. This is a perfect reflection. I, I want to talk more about this. I, I really do, Steve. Yeah. You're, we're, we're, we really need to get into this. Where I'm up against the break, and we're, before we really dive down the rabbit hole, and we're going to really get into this, we got to take a break. We're going to come right back. More with Steve Saka. We'll have Dave Pounder back, and more to come. Keep, Keep it lit. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back. You are listening to Kiss My Ash Radio, broadcasting live from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, and worldwide via the Kiss My Ash Radio app, website, Periscope, Twitter feed, Facebook page. We have an app? Yeah. I think you just made that one Application. Up. Yeah. Appli- We're getting there. Application app is program. not up and running yet, but we works. will let you know when it Application is. Application program. It's in the work. Something to that effect. With me, of course, Honest Abe, the lovely Lady M, and our guest, the ever-knowledgeable... Hefe himself, Steve Saka. Steve, once again, thanks for being here from the wonderful oh, my world pleasure, guys. of New Hampshire. And now, before we went to break, we were delving deep into what could be the end of the industry as we know it. And the on the bus. Uh, I mean, uh, on the bus. <laughs> Emily's, during the break, Emily goes, w- what's the bus and who's getting on it? <laughs> I said, I don't want to say it on air and sound like an idiot. Thanks. It's too precious. <laughs> anyway, but I, mean, I don't know you. that a lot of people understood what happened this week. Just to make it really short. I think that's We've true. been trying to get a premium cigar exemption now since 2009. Mm-hmm. And basically, the uh, ag appropriations, they inserted our language that came out of the House resolution for the exemption for premium handmade cigars into the omnibus bill. The omnibus bill is the big spending bill that has to get approved by Congress each and every year. So our language was inserted in there. So if it had remained in there when they passed this year's budget, we would have essentially gotten a one-year exemption. And it was the closest we've ever been to actually having our language in a bill that actually made it to the floor to actually be voted on. So it was really it was really disappointing to see it getting yanked out at the very last minute. Right. Um, now I will say this bill was a little bit more complex because the language that was inserted was also going to potentially affect some of the stuff with the vape industry. So it wasn't a nice, clean, just us alone type issue. But that's part of the problem with everything in Washington. Nothing is clean, and nothing is simple, and nothing is easy. And there's a million moving parts. 
And I think that's why when you were in the office with the padrones, they kind of had that reaction. And it's the same reaction I think we all have. We've just been basically living under a cloud of doubt now for many, many years, and we just ultimately don't have a clue as to what will happen. I will say this. Everything up until this point, it just keeps getting worse and worse, and it's heading in a direction that's less and less appealing than it's been the previous year. And, you know, it's really difficult because, you know, we're trying to motivate people to, you know, contact their congressman and their senator, and we're trying to, you know, get people to continue donating to organizations like the CRA. And it's hard to get people energized to do that because the way they look at it is go, well, those guys have failed for the last four years in a row. The problem is if we stop fighting and we stop contributing and we stop doing these things, the other side just automatically wins. And that's the way everything works in Washington. It's really about Attrition. digging in and just you have to put your nose to the grindstone and you have to just grit through it because there is there is no easy solution. And just because something makes sense, well, just throw that logic out the window. There's, there's nothing about making sense. And I can tell you, you know, even in my tours on Capitol Hill, I mean, you're not actually meeting with most of these congressmen and senators. You're literally meeting with a lot of their 26-year-old staffers. Mm -hmm. So when you really look at it, the country's being run by a lot of kids that are just out of college for two years. It's it's kind of absurd, you know, that these be the initial touch points uh, for for your interaction with these people. Um, it's, it's, It's a very hard thing to do, and I know everybody's very disappointed, but what I what I have to really encourage people to do is to set that aside and to continue being members of CRA, to continue banging on their congressmen and senators. The more they hear from us, the more annoyed they become with us, the more likely we are to get a positive resolution out of this. And um, this is not the time to sit back. It's the time to be more aggressive. And also to understand that, regretfully, even in our own industry, not everybody's on the same side. There are some companies out there that kind of like the concept, oh, wow, hey, none of those brands that came into the market after this date, they can't really be around anymore, or they're in the potential of being you know, booted off the market by the FDA. Maybe that isn't a bad thing for my That's business. our biggest problem in this industry is the, the non-unification that we have within ourselves, within our own group. And I think that's where a lot of the issues come from. But my, my question is, like I was saying, I was talking with Lou, and he's like, you know, what are they going to test? Are they going to test, oh, yeah, this cigar's got tobacco in it. Well, no kidding. Who Who's going to enforce this stuff? When they tell me I can't have a walk-in humidor, all right? And I have a walk-in humidor every day. What are they going to do? They're going to send the ATF out on me? They're going to send the ATF to every cigar shop in the country? It is so ludicrous because, I mean, ultimately, when you think about it, all cigars are made essentially of the exact same thing, tobacco or water. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I mean, there's nothing else going on in most cigars. I mean, we talk about the primings, but, but it's really it. just the same thing. Would yeah, you, it's tobacco and water, so that's what I'm saying. What are they going to test? I mean, it's so ludicrous. To differentiate what was before 2007 I, yeah, and what I'd like was to see them. I'd like to see them come and put me in jail for keeping my walk-in humidor. I think it'd be a great news article. Father of four, local employer and businessman jailed for having walk-in humidor. For this, trying to be a businessman. This is how, this is how stupid this, this legislation right. is. Do you believe, Steve, do you believe that should the Republican take office is there is there any better hopes for a potential carve out after the fact hello steve must have been lunch 
<laughs> we must have missed them. He must have moved to the wrong part of the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust <laughs> Ranch. We so we seem to have lost the beloved Steve Saka. But it's okay. We only had a little bit more to go, and hopefully we'll bring him back after the top we, of the hour. Yeah, we had the top already? We're, o- we're almost there. Yeah, so it was we too, way only, too fast. I know. It really does happen. We are, What was my question now? I forgot. Oh, yeah. Republican. Person. Republicans. We were talking about that. We do have yeah. just two minutes left in the hour. But uh, we're going to try and have more with Steve. And once we try and get him back, hopefully we get a better connection going. And we'll talk more about, you know, people trying to go to jail and to fight for what's happening. Because oh. this is terrible. Oh, Steve's back. All right, Steve. Hey, obviously, I... Altria heard me and they cut my signal. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I don't know if you heard my question before the break, Steve. But my, I, I was wondering, because I kind of asked this to George uh, Padron. Um, if the Republicans take the uh, White House and we get a Republican yes. president there, do you feel that there could be a possible carve-out after the fact? Yeah, there definitely can always be. You have to understand that at this point it's kind of bureaucratic. I think our, our best hope, right now our best hope is that OMB, who has been favorable to us, OMB is the one that actually absurd option to in the language that the FDA totally ignored. Um, there is a potential that if we can stretch it into the next administration, that this could all just kind of almost vaporize and go away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it depends on who's elected. And, you know, and there's certain people that are more favorable to our position. You know, Marco Rubio, in, in particular, happens to be very favorable to our position because he's representing Florida as a senator. Sure. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he understands the difference uh, between cigars and cigarettes and the other tobacco products. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, at this point, you know, it's kind of like the question of what's going to happen when the embargo ends. Right. right. We don't know. I've had, I've had could this be anything. conversation 8,000 times. And everyone and I've says had this conversation 8,000 times, and I feel like I'm just more baffled and confused than ever. And, you know, I'd like to think I know more about it than most of the average Joes out there. I would like, I would completely agree. And, Steve, we want to keep you around. We want to keep this going. Yeah, I got a question for him. We're, we're, we're going to have to get going because we're right on top of the hour. We're going to have to hit the news. So, Steve, th- hopefully you can stick around. Yeah. Keep it lit. Follow us on Twitter at KissMyAshRadio. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Merry Christmas, I don't want to fight tonight with can we get a little Blink-182 next time, you know? No? No, uh, I hate Christmas and all that fun stuff. Fun stuff like this is Kiss My Ash Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Hour 2 of Episode 191. Ooh, 200's on the corner. Around the corner, coming big, out. Big party for 200. We will definitely be there. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister, with the ever-incorrigible Honest Abe and the... Percolating, lovely lady M. Percolator. I actually have a percolator at home. I was playing with this. I'm oh, just trying to, uh, you know, throw some things back in there. And of course, we are talking with our good friend El Jefe himself, Sockalicious Steve Saka. Steve, thanks for sticking around. We are so glad to have you on this wonderful <laughs> Saturday. No, it's my pleasure. Hey, you know, I guess I'm going to be in. Uh, I'm coming down your way. You know that, right? Uh, no. <laughs> when are you going to be here? I think I'm there the first week of February. Really? Oh, that's not our 200th episode. No. No marches. No. no. Lady M. Lady M. Just shocked herself <laughs> in preparation I for was shock collar testing trivia. Testing it. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> anyway, Steve, let's talk about some more about cigars. 
Yeah, that sounds great. More cigars. Well, how do you feel about the uh, cigar of the year? You know, I like the I like the cigar of the year. It's um, a good cigar. It's a good cigar. I've enjoyed it for yeah, many years. I think it's uh, I think it's a legit choice. I mean, look, these lists, you know, it's always so personal. I mean, what one person loves, another person hates. Sure. But uh, I think that uh, I think the Love Is You is a very very solid cigar, and I think. Uh, I don't have any problem with it getting Cigar of the Year. It's much better than some of the previous choices, in my oh, opinion. Without a doubt. I mean, look, I don't have so much of a problem with uh, the Cigar of the Year. My whole issue is with the structure of how they do it. You know, I think, you know, CA goes way back to when there really weren't enough cigars to rate in a year mm-hmm. to make top 25 lists. But yeah, there are. I really think that it should be done like the Oscars, man. To- top 25 should Of be- the year. Of the year should be 25 cigars that were released that year. It's not like there aren't 150 new brands every year. Rocky alone makes 25 new brands a year. 100% yeah, look, I'm, 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 I'm going to leave it alone. I, you know, <laughs> me and the CA guys, they got their own thing going on. Um, I'm never expecting to get a good rating out of them. Heck, I'm surprised Liga Bravada even made the list. I think it's the first time it ever had. No, it went from, went from, I think it was the first, I think the first rating it ever had was 88. I think uh, it's and been in the top 20. It's been 20 or 25 in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. But this is the first time it ever brokered into the top ten. Yeah, but I mean, I think. Yeah, it's, but I think uh, I think most people would. I mean, it should have been there in two thousand nine. It should have sure. been two thousand ten. Really? I mean, there were some there were some amazing cigars in that year, uh, those years. You know, two thousand eleven, even through twelve. And uh, look, I you know I, I see one cigar on the list I don't understand. I, I don't know how Flathead got so oh, high. Oh, thank you. I was I wasn't I mean, sure if you were going to have the nuts to say it on the air or not. But yeah, what was that? I don't know, but at the same time, uh, obviously the samples they had were exceptional, and <laughs> it, it struck their palates in a really favorable way. And next thing you know, uh, you know they're they're stepping on top of Fuente Padron and uh, Ashton. Maybe mm. maybe they so. just relabeled another cigar. And right? Said, maybe yeah, they mixed yeah. that one up in the. It, the... it might have just maybe they just had a bad day of just some bad thing in their mouth and like, oh well, hey, this is greater than uh, I thought. You never maybe. know because they are sampling a lot of cigars as they go through. So look, Steve. I mean, I don't think that the list has as big an impact as it used to have. I think for the guy that gets number one, I think it's good. I think the rest of the list is kind of—I don't think it really moves the dial anyway, uh, like it used to. There, I mean, there's so many ratings and reviews, and in and and all honesty, I, I, if Adam was to say to me, "Hey, Steve, I smoked this and I really, really liked it," blah, 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 Adam going out of his way to personally tell me that has a bigger impact on me. I will pay much more attention to Adam's advice than I will to pretty much any rating or review that I read anywhere because of the personal connection. Plus, I know when Adam does it, you know, he's, he's kind of personally vouching for it in a way. He really thinks I'll like it because he knows me. Sure. So to me, those type of, uh, those type of reviews and ratings have the, have the greatest value. That's one of the things that I love about social media. When you see someone, you know, go out of their way to say something, I mean, they don't have a they're not they don't have a, a media resource that they're having to uh, you know they're trying to earn a living off. They don't have any ego involved in it. They're just genuinely sharing. Hey, I had this and I really liked. It. Right. And so. I think in the end, and I think that's truth with all advertising. I think that that type of value is far greater than almost any other. No, absolutely. I'm not discounting it. I mean, there's certain guys like Coop does a great job. I know there's a few websites that do really great yeah, reviews. Those are also guys you have that personal relationship with too, so that makes it a little bit more tangible for you, I'm sure. Now, yeah, you, it know, does. you know, you and you and your old friend Nick both kind of came out with cigars at the same trade show. You know, after both departing 
from your previous employers. And just curious, any thoughts about potentially working with Nick in the future, or is that an interest of yours to uh, develop something? A little collaboration. A little collaboration on? for a cigar. Uh, maybe. Who knows? I don't. I'm not disinterested, and it. it's not something that Nick and I haven't talked about. It's just you know, there's you know, there's a lot of things involved. You know, there's it's you know, there's also the business of cigars, and how does that work? And you know, Nick wants to. Nick has his own plans, and me. I just want to make a few cigars and enjoy the rest of my life. I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any plans on becoming some mega mega company. I don't have a desire to compete with the world anymore. I just uh, like to just do what I enjoy doing, and you know, make enough to make a little bit of a living off it, so my wife doesn't look at me like I'm an idiot mm-hmm. and while I'm wasting my time. Too late. But uh, you know, my aspirations are entirely different than where I think Nick's are. I think Nick is a young man. And I think Nick wants to take on the world. And me, yeah, I want to make some good cigars. The, Different you're, stages in you're your You're the lives. old bull that wants to walk down the hill. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. You know, I look, I've, you know, I've done, I've been with two very large companies. Very I've done true. a lot. And at this point, I just kind of want to approach, I want to kind of be like that guy that, you know, made a lot of money on Wall Street and now goes to Vermont and makes uh, sheet milk cheese. Ooh. So I want to make the nice. best darn sheet milk cheese that I possibly can. <laughs> Well, so, you know, speaking of Nick, have you have you had the Elway Wednesday? And uh, did you have any thoughts on it? You know, from a man with your kind of a palate, I was curious what you thought. Yeah, you know, I have had it, and I, I thought it was a pretty good cigar. I mean, I think uh, I'm guilty of what everybody's guilty of. I had expectations, yeah. and I was surprised at how mild it was. I thought it would actually have a little bit more body. Well, I think um, people expect the same. You, you could say um, the same thing about was, you. I thought it would be stronger. We expected that from you as well, but you also went more to a medium base. Yeah, I know. I, I but uh, like I said, I'm 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 as guilty as everyone else. Of all the ones from Nick, I enjoy that. Uh, it's kind of like a Corona Gorda size. I think it's a classic five and five eighths by forty six. Yep. I, I don't know the name of the Vitola or the front mark, but I, I really that's the one that I seem to have keyed in on. And I bought a couple boxes of that. I, I definitely look when you look at the schlock that's introduced. I shouldn't say schlock because most of the cigars are good. That's the Steve Schlock I know. Go ahead, the, buddy. Let it out. Just the, Let it out. The, the average mediocrity of the products that are introduced. Anything that Nicholas ever makes is always going to be on my must try list. Because mm-hmm. I know how talented a uh, tobacco and cigar guy he is. So for me, he's someone that whenever he does something, I'm always going to make a point of trying it. And, uh, and I, I think the, I think the, the, I think that his his product definitely fits in that category. I think it's a cigar that everybody should definitely definitely try. Absolutely, Steve. It's been an absolute pleasure. We have been once again inundated with information because you are just a wellspring of knowledge, as always. Best of luck in the new year with Sobre Mesa. We hope to see you in February when you come down. Yeah, hopefully maybe we'll get you, maybe we'll get you in the studio and get you some dinner, or whatever you know, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love to do it. You, and you know why I'm so smart, don't you? <laughs> because you married Cindy? Because I, I have a head the size of a pinata. There you go. Massive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the El Jefe himself, Steve Saka, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from New Hampshire. That has been our Meet Your Maker segment. Thanks, Steve. We are greatly appreciative to Steve. He's done a wonderful job. Uh, hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry That's Christmas to you and Cindy. Nice. Send her our love, okay, pal? Will do. Bye. All right. Bye bye. All right. Great guy. Good great stuff. Great guy. Fantastic. Glad to see him successful. Glad to see him doing well. I mean, I know Steve kind of is kind of like I don't. 
give a crap about what anybody thinks kind of universe. But he was very concerned and worried about perceptions, like he said, expectations and meeting them. And but uh, for 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 his first brand, I mean, he's got because he's got I know his standards. Feedback. Yeah, I know Steve well. I know no shortcuts and right. how length he'll go to have the things of the course. way exact way he wants it. And in any business, I don't care whether you're making cigars or you're a chef in a restaurant. Just like you. Or, yeah, whatever it is, if you have that level of you know, dedication to something to go that extra mile to making, you're going to find success. I don't care what you do. So. Most definitely. It has definitely been a fantastic thing. All right. We're going to have to cut it off, take a break. When we come back, we're going to punish the producer <laughs> because, oh, hey, he deserves it. He's on Santa's This is like my list. favorite segment. Uh, uh, I tried to not charge the dog collar last night, but I'm right. sorry. Oh, Adam yeah. did it. It oh, happened. Yeah. It definitely worked out. We're going to punish the producer. We're going to talk to Cigar Coop and a whole lot more great information coming up. Keep it lit. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back. You are listening to Kiss My Ash Radio on this beautiful Saturday morning, live from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, the lungs of the Palm Beach Gardens, off of North Lake Boulevard. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister, with me, the ever-excited Honest Abe. Hello. And, of course, the lovely Lady M. Hey, hey, hey. We are going to play an exciting game of Punish... The producer. Would you like His to ass was a wad of cookie dough. After a few weeks, he was carved out of wood. Every show needs a whipping boy. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. It's time. Hit me again, Ike, and put some steak on it. Punish me. Punish me. To punish the producer. Uh, today. I love Duffy's intros. Duffy is the best. Gotta love Duffy. All right, we are going to play Punish the Producer. John Baran is sitting here in the studio wearing a dog shock collar. Hey, everybody. Currently set to the first initial thing. Hold on. Let's let's see if the sound is there. No, sound is there. It works, yeah. It's on. That sounds. Oh, yeah. Honest Abe is sitting with a list of questions he's going to ask John, and for every question... There you go. Every question he gets wrong... I'm going to increase the voltage. You go increase it. Just by one, though. Don't do two. Listen, I I just watched like four episodes. somebody's on my side. I I am, yes. I watched four episodes of The Bastard Executioner last night just to get hyped up for the segment. That's a good... Oh. All right. So, Honest Abe, let's see if we can punish the producer. John, good luck and Godspeed. John Barron. Yeah. How many cups are there in 28 fluid ounces? It would help if you knew how many ounces were in a cup. Yes. How was your baking? How many ounces? What, what was the question? <laughs> how many cups uh-huh. are in 28 fluid ounces? We have to have a time constraint on this. 12? <laughs> oh! <laughs> that was a shock. Three. I guess that was the wrong answer. That was the wrong answer. It's actually three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. For those of you bakers out there, probably 3. got 5. that. <laughs> 3.5 is the answer? Oh, God, I'm in trouble. We oh. just went up. Oh, We God. went up one notch. Here yeah. we go. Here we go. All right. Oh, I need to get one right. I'm going to throw a lob ball at you. Yeah, I'm sure. Mr. Radio. Ready? Okay. 
The common type of radio wave is VHF. What does that stand for? <laughs> oh, it's radio, dude. If you don't get this, you deserve it. Uh, VHF. Shh. Just repeating it. Voltage high resolution. Oh, no! <laughs> that was the Res- voltage high resolution right there, buddy. <laughs> Got the voltage right in the neck. Very high resolution. Dang. Very high frequency. Excuse Very me. high frequency, not Very resolution. High, yes. oh. Kind of like UHF. Up to a power level of five now. What? I thought we started at one. one. What happened? I actually started at three. Ah, you <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> Colin, be careful on that dump button there, okay? You never know what might come out of John's oh, mouth after a shock. <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah! <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Give him a history when he's a history buff. Freeport International Airport is in what country? Freeport? Yes. That's a national airport? Yeah. Well, it's it, a Freeport International, yeah. International Airport. Yeah, Freeport International Airport. Airport. That's not national? Yeah. Sorry. International. Freeport International Airport is in what country? What country? Or yes. what country? Mm-hmm. And it's an international airport, too, not a regional you might be able to swim there. Come on, dude. Bahamas? Emily, you suck. Yes. You're not right. If you're going to give hints, you're not writing them no more. Because we know you don't know the answer to any of these. I almost said Havana City, but that's... Although that that might not be working. How many questions is that now? That's ten. We're done. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Which is the smallest ocean? Oh, my God. I'm counting to 10. You have 10 seconds to answer. Nice. Um, 10, looking for the smallest uh, ocean. Uh, Colin? Colin? Is it... No. Um, I hear you through the glass. Answer. Baltic? <laughs> Baltic? Baltic is a sea there, buddy. Baltic sea. Is- Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> Put it over on your side a little more. I, no? don't, I don't know if it's going to help anywhere. Uh, Arctic. <laughs> The Arctic, Arctic Ocean. Yeah, Baltic is a sea. I'm going to be impotent by the end of this. <laughs> All right. It's question five. Question five. You're only halfway home. You're almost oh, there. God. At a power level of six. <sighs> Here we go. Inca civilizations oh. were concentrated on what continent? Oh, uh, South America? Oh, you got yes. it. Still maintaining a power yes, level. Yes, I got one right. Of six. Power of That's six. Two. Go. Four to go. In which, in what U.S. state was J.F. Kennedy buried? Virginia. Virginia, he is correct. He's a history buff, remember that? Yes. Skip the history questions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm trying to make good, I'm trying to make also, good radio. He's also a musician. Here we go. Okay. In what year did Frank Zappa die? Frank Zappa Come on, musician died. boy. 1993. Wow, wow, he got that right. Wow. How many questions are left? There's three more. Okay, here we go. I'm a big Frank Zappa fan. <laughs> kind of like it. Valley girl. Okay. Who is the most successful UK solo artist in the United States? Little twist, little twist. So from the UK, in most the US. successful in yes. the US. I know the the, the easy answer artist. would be. This is not my answer. Hold on, I'm thinking about. <laughs> you got ten thumb. seconds. You got to answer. It's now. not the Beatles. It's um. Four. Elton John. Ooh! Wow! I really hoped he missed the solo part. <laughs> well, he says it's oh, not the Beatles. Oh, that, I did miss that because I said because yeah. these. Uh, yeah, I can't. I almost thought he missed the three solo more. part. That three was the trick part of that question. Jesus. No, that's two more. Okay, two more. <laughs> what is Woody Harrelson's middle name? <laughs> <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Middle well, name. Uh, I, I believe it's Shock. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy. Never would have guessed Tracy, right? 
Yeah. 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 They say it in Zombieland. Is this the last question? Yes. All right, last question. I'm putting this at a power level of 10. Oh, boy. 10. There's some pressure here. What were we at? This is the last question. Power level of 10. And this one does go to 11. (sighs) Can't you just make 10 louder? (laughs) No, it goes to 11. Okay, here we go. Ready? Look look for the hardest one. Who wrote Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? He actually might know this one. I know. I want to give him a shot. It's 10. It's 10. T.S. Eliot? <laughs> Robert Louis Stevenson. Ow! He's a kill him if he wasn't dead. <laughs> He's been a good sport. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, that wow. was Punish the Producer. Oh. Thank you, John Baran. Go find some ice for your neck. And, uh, Let's see if there's any marks. Oh, there's oh, yes, there is. There's a little yeah, red. Really? Oh, yeah, a little red. A little red there. Definitely Oof. a little red. You really are some kind of sadomasochist. We greatly appreciate it. John has level. definitely gotten it in there. It's been a fun and exciting version of Punish the Producer. Wow. Uh, John, are you going to recover okay? Do we have time for Mistletoe Hope? We do not. No. We I can't feel my face, not. so let's move on. All right. <laughs> he does have to get moving. We're going to talk to Dave Pounder when we come back, author of the award-winning book, Obscene Thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex, love, and dating. See what's new in Dave's world, and maybe we'll get some insights on the wonders and intricacies of porn, all when we come back right here on Kiss My Ash Radio. Make sure you're keeping it lit. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back. This is Kiss My Ash Radio, broadcasting live from Palm Beach Gardens. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. With me, of course, the ever-encourageable Honest Abe. Hey. And the lovely Lady M. I, I just ran into uh, John in the hallway. He yeah. said he's feeling a little lightheaded. Really? Oh, I told him to go make sure he ices his head down. Emily, look at Emily. Uh, Lady M's like I all really worried and concerned. Have a medic on site. <laughs> a triage center for our show. It's not like we haven't done worse things to the poor guy. I mean, him eating quail eggs and whatnot is not nearly as bad as shocking his jugular. I did let you shoot down the piranha <laughs> segment. Yeah, Abe wanted to make him put his fingers in the bowl of piranhas. I was like, no. And I've actually made Abe watch a video of how piranhas attack. Yeah, it's a video of a guy who got bit and says, look, I got bit by a piranha. Like, it's the end of the world. I'm sure we know plenty of nurses we could call. All right. For our next segment, our guest is very special to us. It's Dave Pounder, author of the award-winning book, Obscene Thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex, love, and dating. Also, award-winning documentarian of Risky Business, a look inside America's adult film industry. Dave, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Not a problem. You know, last time we talked, you said you were still working on your uh, degree in uh, studies, uh, social work, and something to the effect, right? Well, I mean, I'm technically technically in a uh, PhD program in computer science at Florida <laughs> Atlantic, but I haven't enrolled in like a year and a half. But uh, what I want to do is actually transition to evolutionary psychology um, and finish a PhD in evolutionary psychology, and probably at the University of Texas. Uh, really? And or, evolutionary psychology covers exactly what? The evolution of the world, the evolution of the people, the mind? It, it talks more about uh, human behavior. There's different elements of it. My interest is more in the mating section, like what brings people together. But there's also things about, like, uh, you know, kin selection, 
um, mutual reciprocity amongst friends. Like, can, why, can, like for example, the can, holidays, right? Can, why do we give each other gifts? Right. Things along because we have to. Exactly. Right, but there's there's more to it from an evolutionary perspective than that. But it, it really looks at our at our evolutionary history and the different sort of adaptive problems that we faced and then how our minds have evolved. I, I prefer a don't give me, I won't give policy. That's my, absolutely. I like that, that policy. That is, I'm telling you, man. That's my policy. You just make the world <laughs> such an easier place. Exactly. All this hokey pinocchi of rapping, getting, gifting. People get all stressed out and complaining. I give gifts all year long, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gift of his presence is what we're all very happy <laughs> and thankful for at all the times. <laughs> So as you continue on this journey, I mean, what is uh-huh. the greatest thing you found that interests you most about the interactions of people and dating and mating and everything else? Sure. I mean, you know, it's funny because, like, I always tell people I use the analogy of astronomy, where back in the day, you know, everybody thought, I think primarily from these sort of religious texts, that, um, you know, everything revolved around the Earth. Right? right. They thought the sun went around the Earth because, like, in the Bible, they say they created the moon and the sun. And all of a sudden, science comes along and explains that, well, actually, it looks like it's the other way around. It looks like... The Earth actually, uh, you know, revolves around the sun. And, and they're all heretics and we should burn exactly, them. Exactly. And everybody got upset, right? So you sort of have this moralistic view. And I would call it more the religious view around sexuality, that you should be, you know, within a marriage, really, to have sex, to, to have sex or things along those things. Or, or even these, these you know, uh, sort of pushing monogamy and things along those lines. When you look at the, at the science, when you look at our closest primate cousins, chimpanzees and bonobos, you see that those are both uh, highly promiscuous species. Uh, sex, particularly among bonobos, is more of a social thing. Uh, it's not reproduction. It's almost as if reproduction is a byproduct of the social elements of sexuality. When you look at any you know, social mammal, uh, look at like a dolphins, for example. Right. Dolphins, chimps, bonobos, uh, all very highly promiscuous um, Mammals, where humans, why would we be the exception? It's funny because every time researchers look at conflict or communication and all these different things, they always go to chimpanzees and bonobos. But the minute they want to look at sexuality, they look at birds. And they go, look at these birds that are monogamous. Why birds? I know, right? Well, because they're monogamous. And they want, the thing is, they're only monogamous for one mating season. Once they've mated and, and uh, you know, reproduced, then they usually find another, another partner. Really? For the next mating season, most birds. But, um, you know, ultimately... My hope is to get people more comfortable with sexuality and to move away from this sort of archaic, moralistic view uh, towards sex and, and make it more what it is, which is like eating or any other, you know, biological component. That I just them. read that the praying mantis, when they have sex, they eat. Their they eat I feel. I think that that's just the way life should be. Yeah, the right. female. The female <laughs> eats I mean, the head. It's interesting you bring you up. You could the, eat Duncan. <laughs> He'd make a quick snack for you. Yeah, you're probably a little I chewy. I just read that this morning. Honestly. Really? You never yeah, knew that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I mean, the interesting thing is that this real study of sexuality and human sexuality is something that's really only become into the idea of sit in the last 60 years. Before right. that, of course, was obviously a major faux pas. Sure. And, of course, you had places like the Kinsey Institute, which right. really started the idea. Yeah. Now, where do you think we've progressed, especially in the last 20, 30 years, people have really opened up to this idea where originally Kinsey was viewed as just this crazy person who was a crackpot and never sure. shouldn't have any funding whatsoever. Yeah, actually, for the research, actually, or for the record, I should say, that uh, I actually did worked on a PhD at the Kinsey Institute. Oh, oh really? Um, but Indiana was so cold. <laughs> I had like a, I had, my GPA was like a 4.39 or 4 of the first semester. And I'm like, this is too cold. I got to get out of here. Oh, yeah. Um, so I left voluntarily, but it was an interesting experience. Um but to your question, um, you know, I think it's really the internet that's that drove this sort of tolerance of sexuality. I think what happened was back in the day it was more of a because when you look at evolutionary psychology, it talks about male and female differences in, in 
um, sort of optimal sexual strategy, if you will. And for women, it's not really in their interest to be promiscuous because they have a higher cost of having sex than men do. Yeah, so we talked we, yeah, about that so, last right. time. I remember. So the thing is, is so back in the day, you know, men had this sort of reputational status where if you are at work and there's no internet, so you have a limited population of females to choose from, and you cheat on your wife or you have an affair and somebody discovers it, all of a sudden your reputation is now damaged and no one's going to go out with you. That's the cheater. And now you're limited to your available population, which probably has fewer attractive women than if you allow yourself greater access or world war- worldwide access. There's a lot of people today because of the internet that will meet Russian brides or have you know? I've met right. plenty of guys who are meet, not meet or order yeah, order right. Yeah. I've met plenty of people that are these old, unattractive, oftentimes white men that are dating or married to quote unquote these beautiful 20-year-old Colombian women who just happened to not be citizens at the time, and oh. now they are. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So that wouldn't have really been possible pre-internet. And, and even today, I mean, like, if if before the internet, if you guys just say you work in the radio business and maybe there's an attractive producer or a security guard or something, you can go out with them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's your limitation. That's your population. Right. Now you get on Plenty of Fish, okay, Cupid, Match, one of these sure. dating sites, and you can go, oh, look, there's someone in Orlando. Facebook. I'll, yeah, <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, I'll meet you halfway. And then you can develop something um, from there. So what happens is, is now guys have much more opportunity, and they can capitalize more upon their own evolution, upon their own sort of evolved sexual strategies without the risk of a reputational damage. Now, you know, you study sexuality, I'm sure, in relationships and whatnot. And you know, I can only talk about my own experience, but I seem to notice that when our sexual activity is more higher in my relationship, our problems. Or arguments are a lot lower. You say lower. At first, I thought you were raising. No, 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 no. It's no, no, way yeah. lower. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's way lower. I mean, it's like if we're in good sexual frequency situation, it's like sure. nothing's really that big of a deal. Right. The second that kind of slows up a little bit, everything becomes monumental on the right. argument side. Is that common? I, I mean, I haven't looked at that, but uh, I can, I can intellectually understand why that could happen. I, mean, I couldn't say anything. No, I just didn't know if there was yeah, any yeah, data yeah. or statistics that didn't, you know, back that or not. Right. There probably is. It's just nothing that I'm aware yeah, of. Very good point. You know, it's interesting yeah. that you brought up the Internet because mm-hmm. you know, this year it was announced that uh, one of the originators of sexual a- sexuality in the U.S., Playboy, is going to stop putting nude models no. in the magazine oh, yep. starting what? in February. Yeah. And really? The, what's the point and of Playboy? The entire reason is that every sexual actor thing you want to see in the entire world, it's on one Google click away on the Internet. Yeah. Right. So what are people really looking at? So are people looking even at, buying magazines they're, anymore? They're looking, well, Playboy is kind of one of those things that's kind of like having a Rolex or something. You right. know, you just, I subscribe to Playboy. We go, you, know, okay. you know, it's, it's, you know, you want, you know, I don't and, know. And what yeah. it's now going to become is like, or what I like to have referred to it from reading what the article was, that it's going to really become the adult maxim, really. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the next step from, you know, kids and 20-year-olds read maxim, and now... Once you get to 30, 40, you read Playboy now, and it still has the same basic ideas. <laughs> kind of like to read her interests and what she likes on the back of the counter, <laughs> the centerfold. <laughs> but it just once again shows that this is where the Internet has taken us. I mean, wh- where's the next step in the evolution of where the Internet can go for us in well, the relationship world? I'll tell you this. I, I think online dating is actually a, a bad idea, generally speaking, and here's why. Because what happens is, is men and women have sort of conflicting, it's almost like an arm's length relationship where, where women are really looking for commitment, resources, et cetera. Men are looking for, for sexual access, basically. I mean, everybody ultimately wants companionship but on a short-term level. Um, 
these things are at play. So what happens is, and, and any woman will tell you who, who's been internet dating for a while that she is sick and tired of getting penis pictures or guys saying, Ding. down to F. I don't, right. I don't know what we can say on the radio, right? Um, DT, you can just you say know, DTF. I yeah, DTF, there. exactly, right? And, and women are upset. Why are these guys doing this? And they feel you know unappreciated. Meanwhile, I talk to my male friends that go, I met this girl. I took her out to a nice $200 dinner and, and I didn't even didn't get a DJ. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, you have these things. And, and I think the reason for that is I think, I think women want to be sexually available to a guy they like and i think a guy wants to spend money and resources and spend more time with a girl that he actually does like but the problem is is when you meet someone on the first date you don't even know if you like them and these expectations are already there now contrast that with pre-internet maybe you are in a tennis club or you're at work and you're interacting with a coworker every day and you're like before wow, she's you even cute. go to date right and then right. You, don't even, you haven't even talked about her you're just like she's attractive right. oh she's cool oh, look, she likes meeting. to do this too now you know you're attracted you know you have common interests you go out the woman's already more likely to have sex with you because she knows you and feels more comfortable. The right. guy's more likely to want to invest in her because he already knows she's a viable mate option. Um, so I think th- that's a big issue with internet dating. I think if people stop trying to push the meat and say, okay, let's chat on the phone more, even talk for like a month and get to know each other. That way the guy hasn't spent any resources. The girl hasn't given herself up in any capacity sexually that when they finally meet – um, after they've been talking for like a month, that it's more likely to be uh, successful, provided that most people were honest about what they wrote in their profile and the pictures yeah. that they up- do- uploaded. It's interesting you brought up that month idea because mm-hmm. doesn't it take at least a month or more to get through all of the blockers or things I've put up on an internet profile mm-hmm. or all the things I let you know about me on the phone even? Right. It takes to, it takes that long just to get through some people's meat and potatoes, really. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Know. I just, I just know that I, I just hear complaints from both sides about. I mean, and you know, I've gotten to the point where you know my strategy, and this actually works surprisingly, is I'll talk to a girl on the phone. I'll be like, listen, here's how it is. Like, I mean, I'm a guy. You know, if I see you and I'm attracted to you, I'm going to want to have sex with you. It's just going to be awkward. So I'm like, why don't we just talk on the phone until you're comfortable, as comfortable as you want. You know, saying all the pictures you want, whatever, and then I'll meet you. We'll chat for like 10 minutes so you can make sure it's me. And then if, if everybody's a go, we'll go back to my place, bang it out, and then we'll hang out. We'll go on a real date. We'll go to the beach. We'll go for dinner. We'll do whatever. <laughs> like it, it, it works. You will not believe how well, That would work people. with you, Em? But she said, but remember, keep remember it I said four dates. Four. 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 That was your threshold back in the day. Here's the funny thing. Even with the four-date threshold, a date is I went to Starbucks and I talked for 15 minutes. And then maybe we met for lunch at a cafe. So maybe – Date one was 20 minutes at Starbucks. Right. Date two was 45-minute lunch before they get back to the office. Date three was a movie, no conversation. Correct. And, and the thing is, is what <laughs> right. I'm saying is with my proposed theory, or that's worked, is you know, you're, if you talk on the phone, say, for an hour every other day for a month, you've invested so much more time yeah. than you have in the alternate right. scenario. Probably less time, but more quality More quality time. And the thing is, and they're both free of... Uh, this idea of guys feeling obligated to give up resources or women feeling obligated to give up sexual access so that it, when it comes to the point where they actually meet, they both want to. I mean, if I've talked to a girl for a, a month in the felony and she's awesome, I want to buy her lunch. I mean, you this, know what is, I mean, this is some pretty lofty logic. Do you ever, like, talk to a girl and she's like, uh, what? You yeah, know? Well, sure. Uh, but, but the thing is, is you got to remember. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's like anything else. It's like anything you want to what? But listen, if somebody wants to go ice skating and you try to explain to them the science behind what makes water freeze, okay, most people are going to be like, huh, what? Can we go ice skating or not, right? So the idea is, is I'm not expecting everybody to understand it, but what I'm saying is maybe someone will listen to the show and say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to push for the meeting. I'm not going to try to get this guy to take me out to dinner. I'm not going to try to get this girl to give me a BJ. I'm just going to basically, you know, talk on the phone, get to know the person as if they weren't dating, just as conversation and see if they have anything in common, provided mutual attractiveness in the pictures. Um, and if so, then to meet 
And, and even to make that pretext, to be like, listen, let's go out if we like each other. Let's just bang it out. And most girls that I've done this with um, are happy that they went that route because it, it removes all tension. This, removes all the tension and the awkwardness. Sure. And, and again, there's no obligation. You meet up, you chat for 15 minutes, and you don't have to do anything if you don't want to. You know, and the, but the thing is, is that then if you split, if you decide not to hook up, then you don't see each other again because it's like, well, what's the point? Right. You know? right. Fascinating stuff. This has been Dave Pounder, author of Obscene Thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex, love, and dating. Dave, thank you for the wonderful insights on all of these rituals and crazy things that make us all human. We can find your book on Amazon. Uh, yes, if you go to obscenethoughts.com. There you go. And if we wanted to check out Risky Business, a uh, look inside America's adult film industry. Riskybusinessthemovie.com. Ah, <laughs> fantastic. That's where it'll be. We want to give a special shout-out to Todd Cornette from Atlanta. He heard the Zycar click. He's going to take home that executive lighter. Also, Sandra Lai from Bowling, Georgia, heard the social media word mistletoe. And we're going to send her out a five-pack of iconic... And recluse cigars. Georgia. And so when we come back, we're going to see who belongs in a cigar insane asylum, possibly talk about what's going to happen over the holidays, and maybe some resolutions. Maybe you squeeze in that mistletoe. I know, if Never you know. keep it lit. Follow us on Twitter at KissMyAssRadio. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. The late great Whitney Houston. Late great no, Mariah, that's Mariah Carey. Carey. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, oh love. I love this song. Somebody has butterflies. Get that reference anyway. John's recovered from Punisher Producer. I have. Oh, good. I've gained most of my motor skills back. I've gained most of my we motor uh, Once again, just proving I am not the big Christmas fan or the Christmas caroler that everybody else probably you is. You are just so, like, anti-anything positive. You know what I want to do on Friday next week? I would be completely content with nothing. I would have Adam absolutely no problem. care. Shocked, I tell you. I'm telling you. I would literally gonna, have no problem. I'm going to call you in and make you come to work. <laughs> I'd, I'd I get have, some stuff done. Call, hey, we got a problem at the shop. We're going to need you here. Uh, not like it hasn't happened before. And you know what he'd say? Okay. Really? I'll be right there. <laughs> yes. This is Adam K., the Brewmeister. This is Kiss My Ash Radio. We are here at episode 191, just getting ready to wrap things up. With, of course, Honest Abe, the lovely Lady M, and John Baran is sitting in to tell us all about this new contest we're going to play. John, what is it we're going to do now? It's a little bit of the thing we came up with on Monday, and, um, you know, mistletoe is big this time of year, as everyone knows, I think. And so I said to myself, well, this is a bit of a would-you-rather game, and so we're going to say, who would you rather kiss under the mistletoe, A or B? Ooh. Abe, Abe or who? A or B. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's get this started. We're going to start off mild, and then we're going to get a little bit more uh, intense. Okay. Bob Barker or Bob Vila? Hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> I, uh, Bob no Barker is the Jeopardy guy. Close. 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 Fortune. Close. Planning. Uh, You're right. getting there. The, the Price is right. Price is right. Price is right. I know. I, I know. I can envision. How about the Bob Vila guy? I don't know who he is. Yeah, see. Bob Vila at I'm Bob Barker. He's more clean cut. I can't do the facial hair. Bob Barker. Screw Bob Vila. I'm an Al Borland guy. Oh. <laughs> nice. Next one, Jack Nicholas or Jack Nicholson? Where are the women? They're coming. Oh. Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. That's the fun Nicholson. Part of the game. He's funny. No. no. Nicholson. Nicholson. 
Yeah, the funny. actor. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. He's funny? He's a comedian? Yeah, no, he's a funny actor. I like him. In the movies I've watched. Especially in Shining. And, 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 anger, man, uh, anger Management. And who's Jack Nicholas? He's a golfer. Very good. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Jack. Okay. Oh, obviously. The, Jack, Jack. 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 Yeah. Uh, I, I got to go Golden Bear. All right. Barbara Bush or Michelle Obama? Oh. Abe's going to pick Obama. Barbara. Oh! Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, Barbara Bush. Hey, 90s Barbara Bush. Hell of a lady. Absolutely. Barbara. Could, this could be the most unattractive first lady ever. Yeah. But I just want to kick Michelle. Boom. Yeah, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Eric Espinosa or Eddie Ortega? Oh. <laughs> so Dude, this is just so bad. Both. I'll double team. <laughs> oh, did, did you just say that on the air? <laughs> yeah, kiss from both. Say double that. team them. Save that. I pass. No. Oh, no, you no, can plead no, the fifth no, no, on no, one. No, 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 no. No, you can't. Yeah. No. I'm just makes up the rules. There's no along. winning on either side of this. Uh, yeah, dude. I can't. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Next. Yeah. Ariel Dickowich or Grace Sotolongo? Ariel. Mm. Yeah, give me Dickowich, yeah. I don't know. Mean like me, Latino. Can, um, can we save that give me Dickowich, please? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'll go with Grace. Good choice. And the final one, probably the most, um, well, I'll just say it. Charlie Sheen or Magic Johnson? Oh, that's so brutal. Really? Oh, that's no, just, so just, cool. no, just That's a good just Charlie Sheen whole, or Magic Johnson Charlie answer. Sheen. Drop okay. Right, we're out. just kissing. <laughs> this has been a terrible segment. I can't believe we did this. Terrible choices. Awful. You're not allowed to pick anyone. Charlie Sheen or Magic Johnson? All right. Oprah uh, Winfrey. Who would right. you pick, Charlie Sheen or Magic Johnson? I'm going to go with Charlie Sheen because I think he's funny. Me too. I don't know. Magic kind of got those lips. There's you know? Oh, you like those lips. Big, strong lips. <laughs> All right. Every week we have to find out who in the world is getting crazy and being utterly up to no good. It's time to find out this week who belongs in a cigar insane asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. Is it a Floridian? It's a Floridian. It's I can't always, help it. It's always in it's Florida. Always a Floridian. Like, I'll find like five articles and it will be all Florida. After that last segment, John should be in the insane yeah, yeah, asylum. Alright, so listen. In Deltona, Florida, not Daytona, it's up in Orlando, Aaron Rice was in custody at one point for shoplifting with police, in custody, and then somehow escaped. <laughs> a short time later... <laughs> Cy- he, he, he's a master, he's escaped it's from the Aaron, local police. Aaron, a, a female, female. Oh, she's, she's a So a short time later, there. a 73-year-old woman found Aaron Rice in her guest bedroom in her husband's pajamas. <laughs> So, naturally, the first thing that the 73-year-old woman thinks is that he's having an affair with this 20-some-year-old Aaron Bright. Aaron oh, this Rice. is hilarious. Okay, so they wake her up, and they say, excuse me, what are you doing in here? She, she claims that she has bad um, sleepwalking problems. So they give her breakfast. They they realize that she has thrown all of her laundry in their washing machine and does does clothing. So whatever. A short time later passes. They actually are driving this woman home because this Aaron Rice has convinced them that she is sleepwalking. And they find out that she's actually like 
on the run. <laughs> they call police, end up handing her over what to the cops. She, what was she washing the clothes for? Did uh, the fingerprints uh, off? Who I knows? Mean, who knows? She ended up stealing like $15,000 worth of stuff. And I just. 15000 And I did some research. From some jewelry. Where? Some jewelry. From, from the, the old mall. couple's home? No, from or the, the mall? mall. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. wow. But this wasn't her first run in with the When you said shoplifting, I was thinking like a can of green beans or something. Yeah. So, Aaron Rice. <laughs> no. That's some heavy duty. Yeah, you she are, belongs. Yeah. In Definitely asylum. belongs in a cigar and saying asylum. Well, this has pretty much been episode one ninety one. It was brought to you by Yes, it was brought to you by Sealy and Asylum Cigars, makers of great large ring gauge cigars for those of you large ring gauge minded. Well, we're gonna be off next week for the holiday because it's Christmas. We'll be off the week after that. Because unfortunately New Year's Day follows shortly thereafter. Yes. So because of the New Year's and Christmas we'll be off for the next two weeks, so we'll have a best of for you for those of you with nothing better to do to listen in. Enjoy all the bowl games, enjoy the holidays. We hope you have a great holiday from all of us here at Kiss My Ash Radio. Happy and healthy twenty sixteen. We'll see you strong next year. And keep it lit. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio.